the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. And Merry Christmas. Can it get any better than Christmas Eve? Right now, I imagine you in your cars, preparing meals, wrapping last-minute presents, and getting ready for church, friends, and family. The celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is upon us. He will bring light to the world. He will bring comfort and purpose and forgiveness and courage. And He is available to each and all of us. He is the living love of God the Father, and He will be sacrificed for us that we may be restored and put into righteous service, and that's our purpose on this planet, and to die on the cross was His purpose on this planet. Jesus Christ is the heart of that purpose, that none shall be lost. However you're hearing this, whether in your car in your house, in prison, at the shopping mall, know that nobody is beyond the love of Christ. There is nothing you have done that is beyond his love. There is nothing too dirty for him to clean up. There is no one too lost for him to find. And to him, each of you is a sheep for which he will leave the flock and search. And he will give his life in that search. And in him, you will be found. And we're going to talk about that today as we celebrate this amazing time, as we reflect on the past year, and as we envision the future that we can create together in the truth of God's Word, Jesus Christ. And though I love Christmas Day, I love Christmas Eve even more. As always, I'm joined by and so thankful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. Hello, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let us pray together. Almighty God, who has poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word, 
Grant that the same light enkindled in our hearts may shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord. May this season be blessed. May all of our listeners and their families be blessed. And may the peace of this evening and these days follow us into the new year. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Special day. Merry Christmas, everybody. May God bless you all. So, as we think about what Christmas really means, not so much the presents and the wrapping and all that stuff, but the season and what it means, and this evening, if you take yourself back 2,000 years and you think about what's coming on this eve, truth is coming, the love of God, and it's just amazing to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Probably a lot different than what people think about today, 2,000 years going forward. Oh, yeah. Well, you're usually thinking about getting together with families, what food you're going to serve, what present you're going to open the night of. You're not thinking about the birth of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying that everyone thinks that way, but oftentimes we get caught up in the the holiday the season stuff. and the stuff of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very true. I would like to read you my favorite passage from the Bible, and it's not short, but to me, it explains in the most loving words exactly what's going on, and it comes from John chapter 1. And it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And I love that. I think I've said before on the show that in the new uh, NIV version of the Bible, it says, and the light has not overcome it. And in the King James Version, it says, uh, the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Mm. And however you look at it, I love the opportunity that we have as the light to shine into the darkness. Yeah, such an opportunity. It also reminds me of Christmas Eve services, which is probably one of my most favorite times of any year uh, when it's dark and all the candles are lit. And I think it's just just is descriptive uh, that that whole thing of Jesus and the light that he can shine in that darkness. It's just so beautiful. And if you really take on the, the meaning of it, it's, it's, well, it's a holy night. Yeah. I was just singing that this morning, but I will do you uh, the favor of not singing it now. (laughs) I heard it was great. I loved it. (laughs) Thank you. I was stationed in Iwakuni, Japan for Christmas, 1992. And that was before I accepted Christ. And I went to Christmas Eve services with uh, the rest of my squadron mates. And I didn't know it was a Catholic service. And I didn't really know what was going on so much. But there was a lot of getting up and kneeling down and (laughs) getting up and kneeling down. And it was very confusing because I didn't want to offend, but I didn't know what to do. And they had that kneeler thing that you fold Mm -hmm. down. 
And one guy at the end had his foot there, and then they put the kneeler down on his foot, and then everybody kneeled down on the kneeler, which was on his foot. Oh, no. And he was screaming, and I thought to myself, well, at least I didn't do anything as bad as that because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> but as we celebrate it, as we, as we get quiet and we think about what is going on in this time, uh, I, would, I, I don't know if it's the right thing to say it's, it's, it's fun. I don't think fun is a word of enough seriousness, but it's... I would say joy. Joy. I think joy is way better. True and complete joy. If you really take on the seriousness of that evening and when the the lights are lit and your heart is shining the light of the birth of Christ and, you know, whether you're with family or not, it's just, it's, 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 it's a bright time of year. Yeah. That could be a word. Uh, last week, Pastor Jeff Neal was on the show, and he uh, we asked him what three things he would want to emphasize with his flock. Yeah, and he said, "Hey, don't get lost in the commercialism." He said, "Christians mustn't forget so many around them are in pain." True, and uh, he said, uh, "We must be sober about." The season, right. not just celebrating that Christ is born and Christ has come, but celebrating in Advent our resolve in waiting for the coming uh, of the Messiah. Right. And I'd like to go to the second thing he said, which is understanding those in pain mm. around us. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, been so much on my heart over the last week since he said that. And so what I want very much to emphasize uh, is however you're listening, wherever you're listening, whatever the circumstances, we are the family of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to emphasize it uh, as much as I can in this show because the thought of a heart out there that feels alone, or beyond the reach of Christ, you are not. And so it's not without compassion that we talk about joy. You're not looking in the window of a place with light and laughter and love. You are a part of that wherever you are. It's finding the joy in the season, in the moment. And I always say this, easier said than done, but if you really focus on the truth of this season, the light does come, the lightness comes into you because you, you, you've surrendered to Jesus and you've got that relationship and that relationship's not going anywhere. And, and that joy just naturally comes in. And I'm talking from, I mean, I've been through this experience as a, as a single divorced person for years going to Christmas Eve services on my own. And those lights are, they, they, the candles just brighten up your heart and you can just really find the joy of the season. You're going to make and me that. cry on my own Sorry, radio I'm about show. To as well. <laughs> I can't stand the thought of you being by yourself. My brother described something uh, beautifully this morning. We were talking about my grandfather going and speaking at an old folks home right. and he was a funny guy and uh, he was speaking to everybody and they were just laughing and my brother described it as there was no weight in the room. Very good description. Uh, so beautiful. 
Uh, It's light and it's joy and it's love and it's inclusion and And, it's for everybody. And warm. And warm. So um, Not just because of the candle lights. (laughs) Right. I'm saying the warmth of the people's hearts, but it just lights your heart up. Yeah. Let me go back to John chapter 1 because I want to say, starting in um, verse 9, John chapter 1 verse 9 says this, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And this is the part that I really want you to hear. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And then that passage closes with this verse. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And on the eve of that coming, we have the opportunity to make that decision to believe in his name the right to become children of God. And we too can expect the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth, that is yours in Christ. It's yours wherever you are and wherever you've been, and it will change tomorrow. Stay with us, friends. We'll be back after this message. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity on the eve of the birth of Jesus Christ, and we're talking about all that entails. And we've been in John chapter 1 talking a little bit about the fact that in Christ, all of us have the right to become children of God. And it's interesting that Jesus is referred to as the Word. Mm, and. Yeah. 
It brings me to, obviously, the Bible. Yes. Which is comprised of words. And words mean things. And Jesus is described as the word. And as we accept Christ, and as we are welcomed into the family and given the right to become. So it's not Domino Nabisco shredded wheat, you're there. You have the right to become. So what's in this becoming? And I'd like to talk a little bit about what's in this becoming and also bring it back to the Word using Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Because this isn't a candy store. This isn't Burger King where you can have it your way. This is the Son of God who came in truth. And Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27 say this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is truth. The word that says he is coming is truth. And as we accept that invitation into the family of God, There is the need for us to get to know him through his word, that our faith be built on a foundation, that it be able to weather storms, that we not invent things, that we are made stronger as a community because we accept the truth of Christ and submit ourselves to that truth. And that's critical. Very critical. And I I hear another word that's coming up in my mind is opportunity, Uh, you know, we're talking about the meaning of Christmas. We're talking about the meaning of Christmas Eve. Um, uh, but if someone's hearing this right now and they've wondered about the word, about Jesus, about Christianity, um, this is, you know, this is an opportunity to focus in on his birth and really think about the true meaning of this and and to draw closer. Absolutely. That's a very good point. Um I often pray that God would draw my son close to him, and he has done that beautifully, and I'm so grateful. And I think as you emphasize opportunity, I would like to emphasize that we're not talking about religion. Right. Absolutely. We are not talking about the ways of man. We are talking about the ways of God and his son and how we submit ourselves to that faithfully. And what's amazing is when you fly over the world at night, you see these twinkling lights. Yeah. And there's lights in the sky, the stars, but it's the lights on the ground that capture my attention most of the time. And I think about the lights, each of those lights is associated with a person. Somebody had to turn it on. Yeah. And somebody out there might be thinking, I don't understand technology very well. (laughs) But, okay, for the most part, somebody turned it on. And so when I look down, I see these lights. And I think about the heart that's associated with that light. 
And so whether you're listening to this in South America or the United States or Korea or Japan in Asia, in Europe, so amazing is the fact that when we come to the truth that we understand by the word of God, which is written in black and white in the Bible, then we are unified as those different lights, those little lights all come together to make a tremendous uh, and bright glow. And this word is trite, but that really is really, I can imagine, awesome. And I don't mean it like, oh, cool, awesome, but like awe-inspiring when you're flying and seeing those lights and thinking about the hearts. Just can't even imagine. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, very cool uh, to be a pilot. Uh, you get to see some things, and you get to see it from this uh, above perspective, not as in you're better than, but an above perspective as in I kind of have an idea what it must be like for God to right. look down on his creation, and yet God knows everybody and every story and every heart. I think of another light, the star on that holy night. Yeah. And uh, in some of my devotionals I've been reading, they really focused on, you know, you had the wise men and you had the shepherds. And the shepherds at that time were just really perceived as really lowly. And then you've got these wise men who are traveling, um, you know, by this light of the star. And and so God brought both of them together, the lowly and the wise men. Brilliant and so point. I really, that's really been on my heart a lot, that it, it is everyone united under this one star, under our light, Jesus Christ. Unifying in the truth. Yeah. Not what Amen. you think, not what you wish. This isn't uh, candy and nuts. This is the word of God, and we're unified, young and old, low and high, yeah, uh, struggling and in a place of success and joy. And so we have to think about why. What would be the purpose of that? Have you ever thought about that? No, you've got me speechless at this point. <laughs> point That's a shock. So. <laughs> um, if you think about it, we are restored to God because he wants each of us to be restored to him. But in that restoration, in our gratitude for that restoration, it now begs the question, how will you serve him? You're welcomed into his house. Imagine you go and live with somebody for months. Yeah. Are you just going to sit there on the sofa? No. Or are you going to find ways to help? Right. Right. And so we're welcomed into the house of God. And we're taken off the street, out of the rain and uh, yeah. whatever the circumstances are. Welcomed into his house. Sit in front of the fire. Let me get you something to eat. Here, get my friend something to eat. And now you're sitting there. How grateful are you? Yeah. You, you ever picked up a stray dog? Um, I don't think I have. Well, I love dogs and... I love uh, dogs. I've had a lot of dogs, but I haven't picked up a stray dog. Well, one time I was driving and uh, it was storming and I was in stop and go traffic and there was a dog walking down the center line of the road. And I got even with him and I opened the door and lifted him across my lap into the car. And he just sat there I on think the passenger seat yeah. like uh, he was where he was supposed to be. And I can't imagine how he felt yeah. saved, grateful. 
And if we bring that to it, saved and grateful, the Bible tells us, from whom much is given, much is expected, and from whom much is entrusted, even more will be asked. So as we, on the eve of the coming of Christ, think about what we have received, what we receive in him, the right to become children of God, not born of uh, natural descent or a, a husband's will, but born of God. Very humbling. And then you say, okay, how, how will I serve you this day? Well, the way you serve is first and foremost each other. True. Helping other people to get into that car and get out of that rain. Helping other people. You remember when Pastor Jim said that um, being a Christian is like a beggar trying to tell other beggars where to find bread. Yeah. Nobody's any better right. than the other. We're just all, I think you say this, walking each other home. Yeah. If you think about God's righteousness, so perfect. None of us approaches that righteousness. The very best person on the planet, Mother Teresa, comes to mind. Yeah. She doesn't approach the righteousness of God. And so the Bible tells us all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so we don't look at each other in judgment. Yeah, how much sin did you have? Oh, yeah, I wasn't nearly as bad as that. So I'm good. Well, we don't don't want to do that. Unfortunately, that does happen. Really? Yeah. That's wrong. Right. But that's the broken, it's the brokenness in our world. And unfortunately, that's where I think some Christians have gotten a bad rap. Okay. Well, you know, my first response in everything is to say, what does Scripture say? Right. And what Scripture says is, he who is last will be first. Yes. And Scripture also says that, uh, remember, Jesus tells the parable of a man who is loaned a little bit of money, Mm -hmm. and his debt is forgiven, and a man who is loaned a lot of money... And his debt is forgiven. And the question is asked, which of those men is most grateful? The one who was owned, uh, loaned a lot of money and right. forgiven. So for those of us who have fallen so short, who in Christ on the eve of his birth have been loaned so much. There's that unity again. Are we not the most grateful? Yeah. Should we not be the most humble? Should we not be most desirous of serving? I've often thought of it as a banquet to which we are invited by Christ. And as you sit there, this table piled high with food, other people sitting at the table, do you judge those other people? Do you speak rudely to them? Or as guests of the Most High God, generous and welcoming, do you want to treat those other guests just with love and compassion and just be happy that we're all at his table? Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely the hope, and it's especially the hope on the eve of the birth of Christ. And the opportunity we have is always tomorrow. I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the creation of the world, evening came first, and then the day. And on the Sabbath, it's supposed to be evening which comes first, which is rest. The rest comes first. And in that way, we can wake up and do good things. So it's always about tomorrow. It's always about the next day. It's always about the opportunity that we have in Christ, regardless of what happened today or yesterday. And I hope you'll take that in, and I hope you know that it's what you do next that counts. Just do the next right thing in Christ, in his word, as written in the Bible. 
Stay with us, friends. We'll be right back. I've heard about this baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy. And I just want to sing this song to you. It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift. With every breath I'm singing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are speaking about the birth of Christ, Christmas, on the eve of his birth, Merry Christmas. And very exciting wherever you are. I said earlier in the show that last week Pastor Jeff Neal said one of the mistakes Christians make in this Christmas season is to forget those who are in pain. It's been on my heart all week. I have thought about this a lot. And my heart has genuinely been with those who are incarcerated, those who can't be with their families those who don't have families, and those who feel alone. And I've thought a lot about the banquet table that we were just talking about, how we're all invited. And what comes to mind is the word grace. Mm. We hear it said, but a lot of people, I think, may not know precisely what it means. The definition of the word grace is an undeserved gift. So our salvation, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, our salvation is by grace alone. It is an undeserved gift. Paul says our salvation is by grace alone that none shall boast. And so who would boast? Yeah, I was really messed up. Jesus saved me. I'm less messed up now. No, that's not how it works. It's by grace, and you can't measure that. And as you're sitting at the banquet table in gratitude and you look around, grace. And my point with this and how it all goes together is regardless of who is sitting at that table with you and maybe there's strain, maybe getting family together is difficult, maybe you feel like a stranger, maybe you feel on the outside looking in, All of us are at that table by grace. And there are no strangers. There is only the opportunity that we have in each other in the truth of the word. I think uh, my mind first goes to that awe-inspiring image that we were talking about earlier, you flying and seeing all the lights. And if we take that forward and think about God's grace, that too is awe-inspiring. So then if we continue to take that forward as we're sitting at that banquet table and looking around, even despite maybe some of the strain that can happen during the holidays with family, with friends, at events, maybe it's stressful to be around with everyone. But if you you take that idea of that grace and that it's awe-inspiring. You can sit back and reflect 
and just really take in the moment and the meaning of what Christmas is. Yeah. Uh, We said, I'm thinking a lot about those who are alone and isolated or feeling that way and incarcerated. And I mean, you think about incarceration, you think about somebody imprisoned. Some of us are imprisoned by the choices we've made. Some of us are imprisoned uh, in addiction. Right. In uh, our thoughts. In our thoughts. In relationships. All of that. And so it's in the grace of Christ that we are free, and then we are supposed to make new choices. And in the grace of Christ, all of that that was changes. We were all in bondage, bondage to sin, bondage to the devil's lies, bondage to the ways of the world, and ultimately bondage to death. And in Christ, we're free from all of that. We're free to learn about him, to emulate him, and to embrace a new tomorrow wherever we are. My brother and I were talking about flying today, which is what pilots do. Um, Mostly we talk about how cool we are, but then a lot of the time we talk about flying. (laughs) Well, you guys are cool. And uh, Thank you. And he painted this interesting picture where you're flying along in the clouds. And in this picture, the clouds go all the way down to the ground. And as you're flying along, you can sit there and do nothing, not deal with the clouds, not plan to land, burning up all your gas. Ultimately, you're going to crash. So if you sit there and do nothing, you are already dead. Your only choice is to try and land this airplane. In airplanes, we use instruments. We have faith in our instruments. We have faith that they won't lead us astray. In the old days, it was with uh, radio, and today it's a lot with GPS and stuff. But ultimately, we fly the airplane by instruments, airspeed indicators, altimeters, and such. And the thought that I had was, as we descend to land, as we make the choice to change things in the grace of a loving God, We trust the instruments to bring us down through the clouds and help us to land safely in the same way as you, uh, by grace, seek to change in your life. On the eve of Christ's birth, you can say, it is by faith that I will trust his word as written in the Bible. And that is how I will have life. So, and sorry, could I just say this one point? Of, of After you, you land can. the airplane, yeah, it is Courageous Christianity with Richard <laughs> Mendelow. So there's that. But you are my wingman. And so if I could just make this one last point. After you land by grace, you have the opportunity to fly again. And I think we're always talking about it's what you do next that counts. And that's what's so amazing. As a Jew who comes to Christ, I'm awed. Because I don't look at him as a historical fact. As I said uh, recently, I read the Bible, and the Bible tells of his coming, and then here we are on the eve of his birth, and it all fits seamlessly together, and salvation is offered to all. Yeah. Sorry, I went on a bit. I got excited. <laughs> well, it's something to be excited about. Flying? Um, no, Jesus. Okay. But flying's pretty cool as well. Very so. well. Thank you. <laughs> so I can't help but think about um, the relationship that we have with Christ. And so 
kind of putting everything together and going back to Matthew seven twenty four through 27 that we were talking about, you know, you're, you're talking about the next right step. Well, we, we hear the words and then we practice them. Um, and, and then like a wise man, right. Right. And, and if you think about that and you couch that in the idea of a relationship, um, you, you want to, um, practice the, the best way that you can in that relationship. So the, whatever rules of engagement, so to speak, you have in a relationship because you want to serve the other person. You want to love the other person. You want to, so you hold yourself to a high standard. Right. And, and I think, you know, some of us may not have those skills, but the word can lead us to that. And in fact, the word even says he renews our mind. So if you kind of look at this as a, a process, you, you, you come to Christ, you're, you're, that that room doesn't have any weight, right? The it's lifted that lightness, Amen. and then you do the next right thing. You practice, you build that relationship over time, and it moves you along. You're you're talking about when you came to Christ. Well, I came to Christ when I was about 28 years old, and it's been a journey, and one to the point today I can sit in that room. Whether there's weight in it or not, there's no weight on my heart because it's lit from in, within because I have that relationship with Jesus Christ, no matter where I am in the world. Okay. I think that's an absolutely true point. And what comes to mind is I think it's the transitive property of, I don't know, something mathematical. If there's a math teacher out there, please forgive me. <laughs> um. It's transitive. If you accept Jesus, then you accept everybody that Jesus accepts. Yeah. Right? And so... And he accepts everyone. And that's how we get to be family. Right. And it's not family of blood necessarily, but a lot of times we find family stressful because uh, we're thinking about uh, brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and all of that kind of family. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the family of God and by the transitive property of, uh, I really hate how I'm messing up the math of it. Maybe it's the communicative, <laughs> I don't know. But scripture says this, Jesus said he was preaching to uh, a gathering and his mother and brothers showed up, and the apostles came and said, Your mother and brothers are here. And Jesus said, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and obey. And so when we have the right to become children of God, then necessarily it makes all of his other children our family. Yeah. And that's what connects all those little individual lights, those little lanterns, the light that's lit in our heart where we say, by grace, I'm in service to everybody, not because of judgment, because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but because I'm just so grateful to be here. Well, and that's where we find the Mary and Merry Christmas, the joy of it. Okay, so we're not talking about Mother Mary. Not Mary, Mary. <laughs> awesome. M-E-R-R-Y, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Friends, I guess when you speak to people, and I've said this before, 
If you speak for an hour or two hours, they mostly hear one thing. And different people attending that same speech will mostly hear one thing, and it'll often be a different thing. Yep. And if I could ask you to just reflect on one thing, if there's one thing that resonates with you, it's that we are his lights connected to each other as we strive to hear his word and obey. And wherever we were, it doesn't matter because we're here now. And let us be here because the next step is for us and to go and tell others about him, those right. who don't know him. Stay with us, friends. We'll be back for the final segment, and we'll have more about Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, on the eve of his birth. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity on the eve of the birth of Christ. We are talking about, mostly we're talking about the family and how everybody is welcomed into the family. And we talked about a banquet to which we are all invited. And the story which comes to mind from the Bible is the wedding feast, where the man uh, who's holding the feast invites his friends and... They don't come because they're very busy and they don't have time for him. And he says to the servants, go and get everybody. Right. Everybody else, I don't want an empty seat. And what happened is as uh, the Israelites drifted away and came back, sometimes they had time, sometimes they didn't. And that was scriptural. It was said that God would... Uh, cover ears and cover eyes. He would establish a stumbling block in Jerusalem so that salvation could be offered to all nations. And so this is very important because the grace that you have is offered to you by Christ. Christ is the stumbling block. Christ is what makes us have to make a choice. 
It's the choice for Israel and the Jews, and it is the choice for us as Christians. We have to make a choice. We don't default into it. You don't just do what your parents have been doing, and then suddenly you're here. God knows our hearts. And so when we learn the truth, and when we are called to him, and when we make the choice to seek him, then all of these things become true for us. We are answering that invitation to the banquet. And now, if you think about what that banquet is, it's not, uh, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken and uh, great hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that. That banquet is the presence of the Lord, first and foremost, his presence and his forgiveness. I mean, I've told you this story before. As a colonel in the Marines, if I wanted to go and speak to a general... I made an appointment with the adjutant. I would go up there. I would sit outside his office. Maybe he would invite me in. Sometimes he'd be too busy. If he invited me in, I would stand at attention in front of his desk. Maybe he would put me at ease. Maybe he would offer me a seat. Maybe he would have time to hear what I had to say. Think about the fact that as Christ invites you to speak to God, You are welcomed into his presence. And he says, here is a robe. Here are sandals. Here is a ring. You are my heir. You're welcomed into sonship. Talk to me. I want to have a personal relationship with you. I don't want to hear about you from a rabbi or a priest. I want to hear about you, my child. Have a personal relationship with you. I was talking recently about uh, Genesis chapter 2, and one of the things I loved is when it says, God brought the animals to Adam to see what he would name them. Yeah. Isn't that cool? It is cool. He is so interested. He wants to know what his creation thinks and feels. And then later on in the same chapter... He sees that Adam is alone. He sees that he's lonely. Such is the compassion of a loving God, a loving Father. It's not by religion that we come to him. It's by the invitation to Christ. And then we are purified and we are dressed and cleaned up and invited to the banquet. And now we're in the presence of God and we have his attention. As I think about the banquet, the vision I get is this very special um occasion like special doesn't begin to describe it right uh and in and as i'm sitting there and this is the vision i have in my head is that table just goes on and on and on and And, on forever you can't see the end of it filled and it doesn't matter what's on the middle of the table you are there in his presence but here's the thing he knows every single one of us so like that host who knows Everyone's name when you go to his or her party and and you didn't even realize that person knew your name, but he gets up and one by one knows your name at this very special occasion and with all your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's just, it's really... Um, it's amazing. It is amazing. I was once trying to tell my father uh, how much I loved him and what a great father I thought he was. We were on the phone and I said to him that uh, his dad worked very hard and was very much engaged in his career. And my dad 
didn't grow up with him being totally engaged. And my dad was very busy. And yet, if I called him on the phone 24 hours a day, he answered the phone and he was there and he was totally engaged. And I came up with this idea of the distance run. And I said to my father, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) I said to my father, your distance run is amazing because you went from a very old school dad to a very loving dad. And here I am an average dad and I'll probably finish up as an average dad. And so I came up with this term, distance run. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about the guy who was loaned a lot of money and the guy who was loaned a little money. And he who is first is last and he who is last will be first. And so only God knows your distance run. Only God knows the the person next to you's distance run. He's been there for the whole thing. He's seen the hardship. He's seen the struggle. He's seen the pain and the tears, the mistakes, the regret. He knows it all. And so everybody's sitting at that table invited there by the creator of the universe through his son, Jesus Christ, is there and God knows us all. And it's for us to love each other in the truth of his word. You've got to accept the invitation. You've got to accept the invitation, friends. And it's not about religion that we're speaking. It's about the love of God. And if you want to know what that is, you have to read the Bible. As I said before, if you met somebody neat, the first thing you do is look into uh, Facebook or Twitter or whatever it's all called, and you would try to learn more about them. Well, in the family of Christ, you want to know more about your family. You read his word as written in the Bible, and he will speak to you. And if you don't have a Bible, make getting a Bible one of your first missions as a Christian warrior. The perfect Christmas gift. The perfect Christmas gift. If you seek him with all your heart, God will be found by you. So, to those of you who may be alone or maybe just feel alone or misunderstood, In Christ, you're never alone and you're never misunderstood. Jesus is with you. He sees you. With God the Father, he knows every hair on your head. And those who love him are with you. And that's the truth. And that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge. It's always relevant, and it never fails. And today, our moment of truth comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. And these verses say this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so as the flame of our hearts is lit by Christ in redemption and restoration, nobody puts that flame under a bowl. 
You let your light shine before men. And when we do so in the love we have for each other, as with me flying around and seeing all these lights, then together we become a town built on a hill, built on the rock of his word, which cannot be hidden. And those who are lost in the darkness will find that town because it's well lighted and they know that there's comfort there. So friends, we are a village and each of us is a lamp lighted by Christ to shine light into a dark world. In our personal relationship with Christ, in our families and in the village, all the good that we can do is built on the foundation of God's word. His word is an unchanging rock. And together on that rock, as a village, mutually supportive, with love, grace, and forgiveness, holding each other accountable, we light the world. And when those living in darkness come toward the light and the warmth, we will tell them about our God and his love, that they too may share in the fellowship and purpose of Jesus Christ. And that's courageous Christianity. So, Christy, anything you would like to say on the eve of Christmas? Yes. Um, I just think about the opportunity again that it is and that this is the time that you can accept that invitation, um, maybe renew that invitation, draw closer to Christ at this very special time, develop uh, that relationship by seeking him, by reading the word. And, and as you continue to do that, as you continue to do that, his light will shine from you. It will warm that room and be that city on the hill. Amen. And I'd like to say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are God's special possession, a holy nation of priests. And on the eve of the birth of Christ, the word of God, the truth of God, God's living love. I just want to tell you Merry Christmas. God bless you. You're uh, his family. We're all connected. Who you are matters. And from all of us here at Courageous Christianity, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a new year filled with the truth of God's love, his strength, his prosperity, and his abundant grace. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.